Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Come on, we started out with an awesome uh, beginning of just an outreach, and we just had church outside of the box. Fourteen people gave uh, concerning itself of the walking dead we said denotes just simply doing life or going through the motions existing but not truly experiencing the life that God has intended for us to experience and so today I want us to conclude with something that's really again something outside of the box you don't necessarily hear so much at church but I believe that it's a very important topic and when it comes to life, you know, it's oftentimes it's the little things, the secret things that we don't think matter, but begin to accumulate and as a result produce a, an effect in our life that is not really desiring or what we're desiring it to be or what God desires it to be, right? And so again, when we look at that, it's really a matter of being free or being free as God desires. You'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. But how many of you know that the truth is subjective in these days, in these times that we're living in, right? And so listen, I know that some of the topic that, I, uh, the, the matter that I'm going to talk about this morning is a little bit uh, touchy. I'm going to speak very boldly and very deeply. I realize we have some younger individuals, but I think it's... T- we're at as a culture, and again, it might just spur some conversations that will help you down the road with your children, with your spouses, and I'm just trusting that it's going to be a good day in the house of the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. And so, as I said, it's going to be very bold and very direct, but what I want to talk about this morning is pervasive. As I said, I know that's not a topic that we generally hear about in church, but I'm telling you, it's something that we really need to pay attention to as a church. And as I said, pervasive pornography. What does that mean? Pervasive means this. It means to exist in part of something. And if you haven't realized it, it's everywhere. Right? You can't even go to the mall and walk down the aisles of the mall and not see provocative things within the store windows that are suggestive. And some of it's not even suggestive. It's just right there in your face, right? It's everywhere within our culture. And purposing to give attention to this, to understand that there is something that is at war with us to steal the life of marriage of families, of the home unit that God purposed and designed. In Second Peter chapter 2, from the Message Bible, it says this, false teaching promising freedom to men and women who have recently escaped from deviant life or uh, they are susceptible to, to these brands of seduction. They promise the newcomers freedom, 
but they themselves are slaves to corruption for if they're for if they are addicted to corruption and they are they are enslaved and so there is a culture today trying to push freedom of all kinds of areas and arenas of our life and they're saying we've got the freedom to be and to do whoever we want to be and do whatever we want to do but really there is a root of corruption there is a root of enslavement and they push this propaganda but what it actually does it says we promise you freedom but we are enslaved ourselves you'll continue down this road you'll be enslaved yourself what began as simple curiosity now controls individuals' lives. Pornography has destroyed marriages. It's destroyed, destroyed families. And as a pastor, I can tell you, I've sat across the desk, the table, affected, and, and marriages that are on the verge of ending as a result of this very thing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? In James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, the New Living Translation says this, It says, temptation comes from our own desires. How many of you know that there are desires instinctively within human beings? As a man, there are natural desires. I am a pastor, but I am a man first and foremost. And there are natural desires that people just have, right? It says this, it says, the temptation comes from our natural desires, which entice us and These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. You might say, are you saying that pornography actually will kill you? Well, it might not kill you physically, but it will kill a marriage. It will destroy a family. It will kill the trust that you have between a husband and a wife. Come on, I've seen it time and time again. And notice what it says. It says that temptation comes. As a result of the temptation, gives way to lust. Lust gives way to sin, and sin gives way to death. Look at these definitions. Lust. Lust self-absorbed desire, gratification at another person's expense. The Bible puts it this way. It's a craving, it's a desire for what is forbidden. Everybody wants to claim great days that we're living in. What about the grace of God? Well, the grace of God allows me to do and be anything that I want to be. No, the grace of God was never meant whatever you want to do. Actually, to give you the power to do what you shouldn't do. Come on, are you here this morning? In fact, Jesus put it this way. He said, listen now, concerning the law or the Old Covenant or the, the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, he says, you shouldn't have adultery or commit adultery. You know what that is. That is, that is relationship, sexual relationship while in a marriage or while somebody else is. But it also goes on to say that we shouldn't be fornicators. What's that mean? He says, Don't having, not having relationship outside of the confines of marriage, Right? But Jesus went on to say this. He said, listen, if you'll lust after a woman in your heart, you've actually committed the act of adultery. So what did Jesus do? Jesus brought about grace, and grace brought about empowerment to save us from getting caught up in the act. And here's what Jesus said. Grace isn't becoming more strict and stringent. It's 
producing more safeguards and empowerments so that you don't get down the road further than you want to get to. Right? He says, listen, it's not a matter of just actually committing that. Guard your thoughts. Don't let yourself get into a place where you're getting into trouble or where it leads to destruction within your life. The definition of pornography is this. It's sexually explicit material with, with the intent of seducing and inciting. Let me read that again. Pornography is sexually explicit materials with the intent of seducing and inciting. The word seduction or seduce is explained this way. It's, it has to do with the mind and with thoughts. And the intent of pornography is to impact your thought life. Right? It's to get in and infect your thought life, to plant seeds of thoughts that may become a problem down the road. That's the whole intent of pornography. The word insight means this. It has to do with the flesh resulting in action. The whole intent of pornography is to not lead you to a place of being idle, but leading you to a place of sinful actions that are ungodly. Are you here this morning? Now, as I said, this is very touchy information. But it's information that we've got to really give attention to as a church because it is infecting and affecting so many families across this nation. In 1973, the Supreme Court actually set into motion a decision in a law, Miller versus California, which actually says... There is a law that protects from explicit exploitation or information. So therefore, by law, pornography is actually illegal. And from 1973, there has never been a ruling or a law that has came in to supersede that. But what we don't have is leaders that will step up and lead in saying, this is not right. We are infecting a generation. But nobody wants to stand up and be the leaders to talk about it or to enforce the laws that are in place. Why? Because pornography is a multi-billion dollar industry every year. So all you have to do is follow the money trail. And you realize why nobody does anything about it. Some may say, well, what about free speech? We have the right to have free speech. So how does that come into play here? The Supreme Court, as they begin to sentence their ruling, they said it does not infringe upon free speech. So there was much attention given to give protection to the family. Now there's some statistics that I want to share with you, and again, they're staggering. I know some of them will be hard to hear, but again, you've got to understand that there is a war against the family. There are many individuals that are living and going through the motions of life, but they're not experiencing the life that God desires. And it's because many times we've gotten caught up into things and gone down a rabbit trail that has taken us further than we ever wanted to to journey down. Here's some statistics. 50% of adults and 33% of teenagers and young adults view pornography as wrong. Therefore, 60 percent of young people have no moral compass. 
So what that means is nearly 70% of our young people, the young generation, think there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And therefore, there is no moral compass to their life. 90% of children between the ages of 8 and 16 have viewed pornography on the Internet. The average age of exposure is 10 years of age. The largest consumer of pornography is between the ages of 12 and 17. 30% of women are now viewers of pornography. And this has astonished the psychological people because women were never affected by it like men used to be. But it is now crossing genders. The most popular day to search for pornography is Sunday. Come on, you wonder why there's so much trouble within the church today? Because there's a lot of families that are just sitting idle on Sunday. Or sitting idle when it comes to their children and saying, Well, baby, do you want to go to church? Oh, you don't want to? Okay. Well, while you're in church, they're finding themselves in something they don't want to get into. In the United States, the number one capita of viewing pornography is Utah. You always wondered about those Mormons, didn't you? <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> now you know why they have so many wives, right? No. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Where they get you, get you off guard. All right. Hundred and sixteen thousand. Let me say that again. A hundred sixteen. girls and one of seven boys will be sexually molested by the age of 18. The typical child molester will abuse 30 plus children in his lifetime. 80% of users admit to regular use of hardcore pornography. 20% of all internet pornography involves children. In the United States, a woman is raped every 46 seconds. 86% of rapists admit to regular use of pornography. There's a study out of the University of New Hampshire by Dr. House and Dr. Barron. And as they begin to study and search some things out, they label it as this. Violence and a test of the cultural spillover theory. In their findings, they begin to examine state to state. And the states that were the highest consumers of pornography were the states that were the most laxed in enforcing the obscenity law. Those same states had this rate of violence and rape against women. Well, duh. This makes sense, doesn't it? I don't know if you know this or not, but Michigan... I believe, is in the top two for sex trafficking in the United States. When it comes to child abuse for sexually related issues, I think we're within the top five nationwide. It's horrific. Genesee County is one of the top offenders And you wonder why we have so many issues within this county. Because there is a current that has been endeavoring to whittle away at the foundation of the family. 
And we've got to open our eyes. We've got to be a part of the solution. Relaxed and laxed in these issues. Now listen to this. 70% of the typical congregation has been or is currently struggling with pornography. So what that means is two out of three individuals that are sitting in church today are struggling with pornography. Now, I'm not looking for a raise of hands. I'm not looking for a confessional right now, so just look straight ahead. But if it's not you, then look to your right and your left and tell them to stop it. (laughs) Come on, that's just the reality. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? The statistics show that two out of three people are currently struggling right now. It doesn't make them bad people. It means that they just got on a road that has sucked them in and has gotten them into a dark place. And there's people that you're sitting next to right now that are struggling. And God wants us to come into a place where we're not just existing, but he wants us to truly to begin to experience life like God intended. Amen. So how do we get this or get to this place? How do we get trapped into this? How do we get sucked in? To this dark place. Well, there's three areas in which people get trapped. And let me just say this. We're talking about specifically concerning pornography. But this is actually something that spills over into the area of addictions of life. Number one, the way that we get trapped. Number one is there's just simply simply natural curiosity. Just natural curiosity. I mean, just the ten-year-old little kids... They start going to school and they start hearing things and they start hearing like, well, man, if you just type this in the computer, you'll be surprised at all the stuff that comes up. And just out of natural curiosity, kids start investigating. Older individuals that maybe have never got involved with that in their younger life now have found themselves getting on a computer and all of a sudden discovering all kinds of things that they never knew were possible. And they get sucked into it. Are you here this morning? My daughter, just to kind of let you know how it hits close to home, one of the things, our children, they they all have tablets. And we said to them, concerning going on the Internet, you do not go on the Internet without asking permission. We will help navigate you. We will help direct you. And like any normal kid, they're like, well, I'm going to do my own thing, and everything's okay, and everything's cool. Well, my one daughter, she was at school, And there's some game that they play at school. And so she came home and she just started typing in the name of some game. And I just happened to do a search of her history. And I found that as I pulled it up, pictures came up. And it was linked to the name of a child's game. The first few images were innocent. But then it led right into sexually explicit Cartoon images. Come on, predators are are looking to get right into the mix of where your kids are. Come on, I'm telling you, it is so simple. It is so easy, and it's scary. This is probably about six years ago. We were at the house one time, and and, and I don't know what my daughter was. She was wanting to uh, do some coloring pages, and my wife says, well, why don't you go online and print out some uh, uh, cartoon pictures for us so she can color. So I simply typed in Cinderella, thinking, well, certainly they'll have some Cinderella cartoons so she can color. 
you'd be surprised at what comes up just under Cinderella when you have no filter on your internet. It's staggering. Well, I quickly put on filters so that that kind of stuff doesn't come through my computer anymore. I'm telling you, predators are targeting our children today. Amen? Number two, concerning traps that ensnare us, number two, we are passive to the power of it. Therefore, because we're passive to its power, we give into temptation. Number three, we have a blind spot our own vulnerable vulnerability. People always say, that could never happen to me. I could never get sucked into that. Listen, if you utter those words out of your mouth, you are setting yourself up for a fall. Because if you think you are not susceptible to it, you are now giving yourself permission to go through the test. And you will have temptations that come your way because I'm telling you what the enemy will purpose to bring them along. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 11 and 12 in the Message Bible, it says this. It says, there are all warnings and markers, danger, in our history books written down so that we do not repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning and we at the end, and we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. Come on. You don't have the strength in your own ability to not be tempted and to overcome it. Don't be confident in your You need my strength. In fact, you need my grace to help you through the pitfalls of life. Now, concerning the dangers, here's the dangers of why we can't be ignorant of this particular topic. Dr. Victor of the University of Utah, he said after testing and after being with hundreds of patients, he had come up and found some patterns concerning the destroying ability of pornography. He said there appeared to be universal or universally four-factor syndromes that become involved are those that become involved with pornography. Number one is addiction. Here's the syndrome. The factors pop up consistently with hundreds. Number one is addiction. And here's the staggering thought behind it. They thought that naturally, psychologically, emotionally, it would affect somebody on the addiction side. But what they found is that it had an addictive nature physically. Here's why. Because when an individual, what it does is it releases in the brain that begins to uh, uh, produce an addictive nature within them. It is adrenaline, and nephrine. And these three in the brain are the feel-good sensors of addiction. It is the same three chemicals that are released when somebody partakes of cocaine. This feel-good moment are the same moments or the feelings loved ones experience through addiction and robbed from family members. 
You'd say, I'd never do that. Have you ever been caught up in addiction? You hear stories all the time where people rob and steal from their loved ones simply because of the pull of a life. And here's the thing. You don't know if you're that person. You see, when it comes to addiction, there are things that are triggers for people. There are people that did crack cocaine and they've never been addicted to it. So they tried it one time and says, I'm Touch that again because it, it just wasn't something that I liked. There are others that tried it, and the moment that they tried it, they're a dick from the initial start. And you don't know what your trigger is. Every person is subject to it, and it just might be pornography. And that one look could hook you and totally destroy your life. Once again, concerning these chemicals, these chemicals are to the brain the memory of intense pleasure mentally, emotionally, and physically. Dr. Klein said this, pornography is the crack cocaine of physical addiction. I mean, that is a staggering statement that psychologists would connect pornography with crack cocaine. What's it saying? It's got extreme addictive powers to get you going down a road you don't want to go. Number two, the factors or symptoms of individuals. Number two is escalation, meaning this, the more that you view, the more explicit material that you need to get the high the next time. That's why you see kids. In fact, maybe you can relate. In fact, personally speaking, I can relate to this. I can remember in third grade on the rainy days in class, the teacher had the J.C. Penny catalog. You remember back in the day when they were like three inches thick? And I can remember us as kids being in the back corner looking in the underwear section. Right? You might say, oh, that's just natural curiosity. No, it's a natural start. What once was the J.C. Penny catalog now becomes Mom's Victoria's Secret catalog. And then dad tried to hide his playboys, but then all of a sudden, your son found them. There's natural escalation. Are you tracking with me? Number three, there's desensitization. That thing that was shocking and appalling to you has now become acceptable and commonplace in your life. That's why the fastest growing subject matter in pornography is child pornography. Are you here this morning? The fastest growing subject in pornography is child pornography. Second in growing popularity is bestiality. Third is violent crimes and raping and it all being caught on tape for the sake of getting a thrill. Number four is acting out. You simply begin to act out what you've been viewing. You may think, oh, that would never be me. Well, that's what Jeffrey Dahmer thought. Jeffrey Dahmer started out with simply looking at playboys. Then it turned into homosexual pornography. Then it turned into cannibalism. If you don't know what cannibalism means, he started eating people. That's how it escalated. That's how desensitized he became. Ed Bundy, after killing 31 people, he was actually sentenced and put to death. But upon him being put to death, he made one of these final statements. He says, you're going to put... To an end and solve what I can do to society. But this society is unwilling to do anything to solve the problem beyond me. 
we have a major problem within this country. You might think, well, that's just for the young generation. My wife cleans houses and has a cleaning business. And there was a client that she had that was almost 90 years old. And he was hard of hearing. You say, well, why would you tell me he's hard of hearing? Because you'll find out in just a minute. One day when she was going to that gentleman's house, she knocked on the door and she said, outside of the house, she began to hear these sounds. And she said, the more that she listened to the sounds, she says, you know, that sounds like pornography or pornographic material going on. What was in the middle of summer, the windows are open, and because he's hard of hearing, he had to have it turned up real loud. Ninety years old. She finally knocks on the door and he gets to the door and he's all dishuffled and embarrassed. And she said, as I'm cleaning the house and got over to the TV, she said, I saw on top of the TV the videotapes and it was from the local video store. And this man claims to be a Christian and actually is a Christian, goes to church, but somehow got sucked in to this addictive product. I mean, think about it. A 90-year-old man, you think, man, that's, that's grandpa. Just loves on you. Just sweet and innocent. But here's grandpa has to go to the local video store, go into the section where that is, and then go up to the counter and say, I'd like to rent these, please. I don't know about you, but I couldn't bring myself to admitting that in front of people. I mean, again, at least I'd have enough sense to keep it secret. You know what I'm talking about. But my point is this, is that he got so desensitized to it that it didn't matter anymore. He could go in public and say, hey, I'm a dirty old man. Can I rent these, please? And I don't mean that to be critical on the fella. I'm just simply saying that anybody is subject to be sucked in to this type of thing. Now, why am I talking about this? Because God wants us to be free. And if you don't think it's affecting your church, your home, your family, I'm telling you, you're wrong. The blind cannot lead the blind, and God wants us to be free, and we have to learn how to be free so that we can help people get out of this hole. Come on, there are people that are struggling and feeling guilty, feeling shame, feeling depressed because of what they're in, and they can't, they can't find a way out, and they need help. And we need to be able to help people and find the freedom that Jesus came to give. How do we do this? We do this by realizing that the pull is subtle. The pull is subtle. The Bible says concerning the serpent in Genesis chapter, <clears throat> excuse me, chapter 1, the Bible says that, that the serpent was more crafty and more subtle than all the beasts of the earth. What does that mean? Here's by definition what it means. It means that he was cunning and that he was skilled at the art of logical disputing. What's that mean? He can talk you into anything. He can get you to qualify anything and say, oh, okay. Secondly, we cannot be intolerant. What do I mean by that? That means that we can't be pointing fingers and saying, well, look at you, you dirty old thing. You, I can't believe you got sucked into that. Listen, there was a well-known TV evangelist that got that way and started pointing the finger at another minister saying, I can't believe you got caught. I can't believe that you were doing that. And two different times he was interviewed and he was just so irate and indignant. And just a short time later, 
he was caught in the very same thing that he was so indignant about. Listen, the person that is indignant the most and the loudest, they're the individuals you've got to watch out for because they've got some things going on in their own life. So what am I saying? We've got a purpose to walk in love. To help lead people into a place of freedom. You've got to be aware of the fact that this stronghold is strategic. Come on, the enemy is strategic in how he's leading you down this road. How he knows when you're tired, he knows when you're feeling alone, he knows when you're discouraged, he knows when your needs aren't being met, he knows when you're depressed, and he knows exactly when to come and bring the suggestive thought. You've got to know when your weak points are what your weak points are, because he does. If you think it's a matter of, man, when I stay up late and everybody's going to bed, that becomes my weakness. Then you need to change up some habits in your life so that you don't give place to the the enemy. Again, knowing how, we have to understand that it's seldom sudden. What does that mean? That the addiction happens by bad choices along the way. Are you here this morning? I said, it's bad choices along the way. How many of you know the story of King David where he he had an affair with Bathsheba? You remember that? The Bible says that he went up on the roof and he started to look at her while she was bathing. It wasn't something that just the common public had viewing of. It was something that by searching it out and discovering, oh, I got a good view up here. The next day, come along. Well, let's go see if she's bathing again. Oh, oh, there she is. Right? He made one choice after the next. Finally, as everyone went to battle, he called for her to come. And he had an affair with her. Had a child with her. Even killed her husband because of the guilt that he carried. See, one bad choice led into another. And it takes you further and further and further. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says this. It says, temptation has taken you common to man. It's common to everybody. Don't think that it can't knock at your door. But God is faithful who will not allow you, listen to this, that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Many people say, well, God won't tempt you. No, the Bible didn't say that. The Bible says he won't allow you to be tempted. Temptation is going to come, but he says, I'm not going to allow you to be tempted beyond to to to, uh, to handle, he says. But with the temptation, will all a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. What's it mean? Every temptation comes with an escape route. If you find yourself caught up in the temptation, then you chose not to take the escape because it was there. Did you hear me? I said every temptation comes with an escape. And if you're sitting there today saying, "Oh dear God, I am in a dark place," there was. Escape after escape after escape. We just chose not to take the escape route. Again, concerning just having the ability to understand how. You have the authority over your thought life. We said that temptation comes with thoughts. That's the ploy of the enemy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says this. It says that when we first begin to have a thought. It says, it's within your ability to cast down that thought. He said, and then that thought, if you don't deal with it, it turns into an imagination. How many of you know that imaginations comes with pictures? 
And if you don't cast down that imagination, the Bible says that it turns into a stronghold or you take a stronghold of it. Come on. It begins with a thought. But God says, you've got a control of the thoughts and the images that are in your mind. We have to tap into the power of transformation. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what does that mean? You've got a purpose to allow the and choose to think on the right things. And then you have to purpose to be accountable. You have to purpose to be accountable. In fact, let me say this before I move on to being accountable. When it comes to taking authority over your thought life, you'll have to be intentional to replace it with something else. Because here's the thing. The Bible says that God wants you to be free. And you might say, Pastor, you're talking right at me right now, and I'm going to purpose to make a difference right now. I'm purposing to get my heart right with God, and I'm purposing to walk in freedom. But if you leave this place just simply making the choice, but not making a choice to replace the thoughts that have been there in the pictures, you will fall right back into it. In fact, it will be even harder, because here's what the Bible says, that once a man sweeps his house clean, if he leaves it unattended, the one that he kicked out brings back seven more, even more powerful and more strong than he. So what's that mean? The enemy's bringing reinforcements. So if you don't purpose to put something in its place, thinking on the right things, you will fall right back into the hole that you were. But it's going to be that much harder to get out. Now I said again, we have to purpose to be accountable. You've got to be able to talk to somebody. I said you've got a purpose to talk to somebody. When you feel fear, vulnerability, more than you fear the harvest of sin, you're in trouble. Let me say that again. When you fear vulnerability, than you fear the harvest of sin, you are in trouble. And listen, your sin will become your public devastation. It's just a matter of time. You've got to fill the void. It breaks my heart when I see people get set free, get second chances. And rather than running from God, they just start living for themselves. They refuse to give God in their life. Pastors like, oh dear God. They're going down the road again. They're setting themselves up for a fall. We can be free. And we can stay free. But we need to understand the power of addictions. We need to understand the power of pornography and the effects that it has. I'll leave you with this scripture. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 11, it says, Don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuit of darkness. Expose these things for the shame they are, or for the sham that they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things that they must do in, in the darkness where no one will see. Rip the covers off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffin. Christ will show you the light.
The series was called The Walking Dead. As I said, I don't want a confessional. I don't want raising of hands. But you know whether or not this has affected your home, affected your life. Maybe your spouse or your family is totally unaware of what you've been dealing with. But you know how it's affected you. Notice what Jesus said. He said, come out of your coffin. Coffins are for dead people. He says, come on into the light. Let the light set you free. Let the light bring warmth and expose you to the forgiveness and the love of God. Come on, let's stand. I know it went a few minutes long. Did you hear me this morning? Maybe you've been struggling with addictions. Maybe you've been struggling with this very subject of pornography. You're not alone. But you don't have to stay alone in your dark place. We're here for you. I'm here for you. Find somebody you can talk to and be accountable to. And when it's that dark time, you can say, hey, listen, I'm struggling right now. Walk me off the edge. I want to pray with you right now. And once again, you might be finding yourself going through some dark times and some dark places. We're going to just tap into the power of God's grace, the light of Christ, and begin to see that change this morning. I said this morning it's going to be a turnaround change, changing time in your life. Do you believe that? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every individual that is in this place that is dealing with this subject, that's dealing with addictions, that's dealing with struggles in life. God, I know that we were talking about a very specific subject, but the symptoms and the solutions are the same. So God, open up the eyes of our understanding. Help us see and know the hope that's right in front of us. God, we ask you right now, by your grace and by your help and by your power, that you would begin to remove those symptoms of addiction right now. And devil, we command you to take your hands off of these people. We bind you now and we say, loose them and we command them to be free. Free in their mind, free in their emotions, free in their physical body. All the traces of those chemical memories within their body, we call it to be restarted, fresh and new, now in Jesus' name. Total freedom and liberty from this moment forward. Now God help us to know what we need to do to replace of what once was there. And we give you thanks and we give you praise because today marks a day of freedom. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen.
to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.